Hey, everybody. Welcome to Relationships and Revenue. I'm your host, John Eulen, and you are listening to part two of my interview with Dr. Z. She's the virtual well-being MD, educator, obviously a physician, entrepreneur, and a best-selling author. And I can't wait for you to enjoy the rest of my interview with her. If you haven't heard it, stop this one, go back to part one, and then continue on to this one. Because first of all, it'll make more sense, and I think you'll enjoy it more. So check it out right now. Life is all about relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Oh, yes. And, and, and you, and, 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 and I believe that both leaders without title, they are not appreciated enough, right, in the systems. Mm -hmm. And they are not, they don't receive the credit or the opportunities. Sadly, um, we have been selecting leaders around the different systems based on the certifications, based on their charisma, uh, how politically correct they are, uh, and uh, how good relationships they build with certain people also, probably. Uh, but not thanks for leadership skills. And we are using IQ instead of EQ, right? Emotional intelligence to select leadership positions. And that has mm. been clearly shown that it's a disaster. We see it every day. I mean, we see our world. We see our country is, is, is very far away of what should be. Right. Uh, and it's because we have leaders that, um, uh, yeah, maybe they are great in mathematics or science or whatever they, they know, but they don't know how to deal with people and how right. to be self-aware and social aware. That uh, And that, that's something that is hard to learn in the university, right? It's, it's a little more <laughs> uh, <okay>. complex. <laughs> well, it's not something that's valued there, therefore not taught there. Well, thank God we are seeing changes. And I remember that we started uh, training in one of the medical schools where I was working and also with my residents in the program. We started to to educate in emotional intelligence, self-care, uh, well-being, and et cetera. And, and you will see, at least in the shelter work, a world like some people like me pushing for that as a kind of a buffer of of what is happening in the healthcare system and trying to prevent burnout and, and other mm -hmm. many issues, uh, but it's not yet enough, right? We, we really right. need to push forward for it. Uh, yeah, emotional intelligence probably will be <laughs> what will save our future uh, mm -hmm. and something that I want my kids to develop uh, for their own well-being and the well-being of people around them. Sure, and I would add one to that. Uh, some people think they're the same. They're actually a little bit different. Uh, relational intelligence. Yes. Uh, there's actually a fabulous book by Dr. Darius Daniels on that topic called Relational Intelligence. It's fantastic. And, and it's so important, right? Uh, and, and again, I believe that keep being layers of all these 
before called soft skills, now we call them fundamental skills, right? Because really are fundamental. Mm -hmm. <laughs> are not soft, For sure. Uh, that we need to start building uh, since we are kids, right? In the schools and that we need to incorporate. Uh, I don't think that we will be able to train the CEOs and the managers, like all of them, but we need to start using these uh, information to select the next leaders, um, mm -hmm. you know, at different levels, because uh, a lot of people is suffering. <laughs> and, uh, I think about 46,000 individuals dying by suicide every year in the U.S., right? And these numbers, again, come from before, a little less uh, before COVID. So we are in the same, in the same problem anyway. And, and, and you ask about why people is not healthy, why people is not happy. And we spend most of our time outside home. So what happened in our jobs or in our colleges or schools is influencing tremendously our well-being. Yeah. And if we don't have the skills to protect ourselves, and if we don't have the skills to protect others, it's yourself. Excellent point. Excellent point. Now, I'm curious, and I'm not sure that we cover this exactly up to this point. When did you make the decision to make that big change from being what most of us would consider to be a traditional physician, where you in an, in an actual office seeing patients all the time to becoming an online or a virtual physician? So when did that come about and why make that decision? Even though I think I know the answer to the second. <laughs> I have been going through this idea of not working. Initially, it was, I don't want to work here in a specific place. Then I discovered that this specific place was on the healthcare system. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> when I noticed that it was not an office or a hospital or a company, it was the culture of healthcare in this country, right? And that's when, uh, you know, these steps that were one step after the other, but I, I stopped doing the steps. I start running. I have to watch how do I change this. Initially, I was naive and I saw that I can change the culture, at least around me. And I, I, I failed. I, I was not able Enough. to change the culture and that broke my heart tremendously. But again, it was my opportunity to start running towards my dream. Hmm. So, um, that that's the reason the last drop to be sincere was when i was already practicing telehealth for a company mm -hmm. and i started to feel the pressure of doing things that i didn't feel were correct mm -hmm. uh my kids started to notice that i was very uncomfortable and moody and, and, and suffering and they came to me to tell me mommy if you hate your boss <laughs> why do you not become the boss <laughs> And, and I was like, oh, I'm like, so obvious, right? I mean, they are seven and nine and, and they, they care with the idea. So I have to give credit to my kid. <laughs> uh, and the day that I quit, uh, I felt so happy, so no. happy, so happy. I'm terrified too. Don't, don't take me wrong. I know that I am bringing um, a lot of stress to my own <laughs> family and myself with this. Right. But I feel like my kids, my family, myself, we understand that it is for the general well-being of our family and for others. And that I am 
uh, opening opportunities also hopefully for all our doctors. My goal is not only to serve the community, which is priority number one, but I hope that if I keep growing, I will have a space to hire others. And you were telling the story of your friend. And, and, and I feel like majority of us, we have the same idea in our hearts, right? It's like, yes, we were able to build this safe place for others. And I imagine a lot of women, for example, mothers uh, that want to practice medicine or nursing or whatever, you know, in the shelter system, psychology, and that they want to be able to be at home, be close to their families and their kids and, and, and feel that they are helping the community and feeling proud of themselves without, you know, the pressure of, of being part of the system. So I hope in the future I will be able to bring this to others and to replicate the happiness and joy. <laughs> well, we can certainly do things to help you get there. That's for sure. Oh, I will love that. Anything that is, <laughs> I, I, again, part of my superpower vulnerability is ability to, to ask for help, to accept mm -hmm. help, to accept advice, to, to be open-minded uh, and to learn from others, right? Uh, sure. And to collaborate with others because these big dreams, they don't happen magically uh, yeah. or without effort. And they don't happen because of one individual. These are things yeah. that happen because... You have a very good network of people that supports you and, and believes in what you are doing uh, and that are there for you, right? And, and I am very grateful because of that, because I have a family and I have friends and I have a LinkedIn network of people that is there for me uh, and it's saying to all of them that I am doing what I am doing today. This may sound like a strange question, but I, I think you'll appreciate it. Do you feel like you're an entrepreneur now? Whoa, and I will <laughs> tell you why. Because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have some kind of imposter syndrome. Who knows what I have? But I, I don't want to see this as a business. I, I know that it's a business. I understand that this is a business, but I don't see this as a business. I see this as many things in my life. I see this as a dreams. And I don't want to compare this to a business again because I may get lost. I will. I I rather to keep dreaming. Uh, I'm going to use a different word than you used and see if it resonates. Would you say that medicine is your calling? Uh, it's my calling, my mission. It's part of who I am. It's in my heart. Yes. As romantic as well, you know, a lot of people, they have a job they do. There are people who own businesses who see it strictly as a means to an end. And that's it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that there is. But when someone has a calling on his or her life, you can't not do it. It is it is something that even in the worst of times, it's it's it keeps pulling you. It keeps literally it calls out to you. It beckons you to come and to do whatever that thing is. It's it's a part of who you are. So to not do it would be the same as having an arm lopped off. Absolutely. You. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I feel all this related to medicine, and, and more than medicine is to helping, right? As as vitamin for my soul, uh, I am I have a wonderful coach that is, 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 you know, not only coaching me, but mentoring me also. And, 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 uh, and she, she was telling me that she's, you know, when, when she evaluated me, he, he, he told me that I have one of my characteristics is compassion, right? Or I'm, I am mm -hmm. a compassion person. 
And he was explaining to me that when you have certain characteristics, you can get energy from doing something that is related to who you are, right? And I get energized by that. Sometimes I feel guilty. That <laughs> is like, oh, I stop you for doing this. But that, that's how I feel. I, I am happy to, to serve others. Makes me feel that I have a reason to be here in this world. That, 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 that's, that's, you know, that's why I'm here. And so why I am also building this idea in the hearts of my kids, right? We, we need to understand that. And it's something that a good friend of mine, since we were three years old now, she's a very successful woman. Uh, I was interviewing her for my book and I asked her, what is success for you? And she told me, if you will ask me five years ago, I will tell you something. But now you mm-hmm. see my kids opening the door for someone, helping a friend. It's seeing that my kids were watching me and what they took from my example, from my actions was something positive. And yeah. I believe that that's, I, I have chills. I am thinking that because both of us, we start crying during the interview after she said <laughs> that. Uh, that's so powerful, right? And doesn't have to be only with your kids, can be with mm-hmm. anyone else in the community, in your, in your job. And if your actions really touch the heart and the life of someone else, yeah, right? That is success. For sure. I can see that. Totally. So. <clears throat> We've, you've talked a little bit about the book throughout what we've done so far, but I'll ask you what I ask most authors. It's why write the book and who is it for? Why? I did it for the wrong reasons. I was trying okay. to vent against the system. I was trying to put the finger on who is guilty, right? Uh, okay. And that's how I started. I had started to write the book when I was very upset and frustrated. Mm. That disappeared through the journey of writing the book. The book that was about burnout mm-hmm. has only one chapter about burnout. It has 20 others about how to be happy, how to achieve well-being, how to navigate life in a positive way. Mm. And for me, that book and all the more than 30 individuals that I interviewed during the process of the book and that they were mentors for me and psychotherapists too, uh, and now very good friends. Um, this book helped me to heal mm. and helped me to go back to my roots and who I am. I am not a nasty person that is upset with the system and that wants to explode. That's not me. <laughs> I like to use levels to create lemonade and if possible, a delicious level bar. And that's what okay. I recovered during that book writing process. I was able mm. to recover myself. I saved myself. Nice. And, and that's what I want people to experiment during the book. And that's why the book is not only uh, very interactive, uh, full of stories. It has science that backs up all the information that I am providing. So uh, mm-hmm. they know that there's a reason, right? I believe that we need to empower people giving information. And the book doesn't have chapters in order. Okay. And so you can read the way that you want, uh, in the order that you want. The book belongs to each of the individuals that will have it in their hands. And they mm-hmm. will be able to pick what is needed for them at some point of their lives and close it and open it again anytime. And it will be available for them as a companion to, to navigate life, difficult and happy times uh, with more, more people around them. <laughs> All right. 
when you were going through your transition from being a traditional physician to being an online or virtual physician, what was that like for you? So I know you you make it look like or you understand it like a very big gap. I don't see that. For me, okay. I am almost still the same than before. Uh, with the only difference of the screen and the screen was incorporated really by COVID. So I was already practicing for right now, probably three years doing telehealth. Mm -hmm. uh, so the big difference right now in the practice is that I am the owner uh, and that I can play under my own rules. Uh, so the practice, what makes the practice unique is not the fact that it's telehealth, there are many, but what I am doing is I am, I created uh, packages for people and I am focused on what is or what I consider are the biggest problems of healthcare today and that are being neglected by the, the healthcare system, therefore the primaries. And not because they don't want to help, but because they don't have the ability to do it in 15 minutes a point. Right. So. Obesity is one, cardiometabolic disease is the second one, and the third one is mental health in general, depression, side burnout, and so Yeah, It's very hard to help someone in 15 minutes. It's very hard to help someone when the medications are so expensive or when you cannot do a referral to a psychologist or a nutritionist because that will not be covered by the insurance, right? So, so you are setting patients and healthcare workers to fail if you work under the shelter system, the typical System. So what I did is this concierge practice that offers packages with reasonable prices, right? The idea is not to uh, get people to escape from me, but actually to attract them um, and, and to provide them with high quality of care, 60 minutes appointments, the nutritionist that they need, the tests that they need, uh, the psychological support that they need all together uh, oh. in one platform. Uh, in a way that they can really be successful. I decided to incorporate more things that typical doctors will do because I feel like traditional medicine is not anymore the gold standard. And why? Because it's failing. I mean, we should not have the, the, the percentage of depression, anxiety, and, and high blood pressure, et cetera, obesity that we have in this country. We are fed. So what I added to the traditional medicine, right, the part that it works, is using new technology, remote monitoring. Why we will blindly take care of patients when we can have a scale that is on the smartest scale that will monitor the fat percentage and the weight and the muscle percentage. And I can see really the progress and show the progress to the patient. So he knows, oh, I need to go 10 more points or two less points. And, and so you empower the patient with information. I can track your sleep. I can track your vitals. I can track so much activity, physical activity and calories you burn during the day. So all those things are very simple to be tracked through telemedicine and empower the patient. The second thing I am adding is DNA testing. We have enough information based on DNA testing to select priorities in the way that we will treat people. Uh, and we can even use precision medicine to select, okay, you need vitamins, but why I will give you a multivitamin? You are not exactly the same than me. 
we don't need the same. We eat different. We have different genes. We have different yeah. lifestyles. So I can prepare probiotics and vitamins uh, or, 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 or nutritional packages that are appropriate for who you are based on death and DNA and not based on, oh, okay, you are an average person. Uh, I am adding also mindfulness, uh, using a beautiful lady that I actually interviewed for my book, uh, that is a former uh, Buddhist nun. So she's helping me to help patients with, if you eat because you are anxious, how many injections I will give you to reduce your weight? You will go back to the refrigerator and eat the ice cream at 3 a.m. anyway. So what about I teach you techniques to reduce that outside and to copy cope with that in a different way. And of course, education, right? The time and the education to support the patient. So so these are the different things that I am adding to what traditionally I will do. And I will keep being traditional. I Mm -hmm. am just using, you know, techniques that are available uh, that should not be only for VIP people, should be for all the country. Well, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't transition us here a little bit into talking a little bit more about relationships because oh, wow. and we talked about that a little bit earlier but you know after all this is the relationships and revenue podcast and understanding that everything life and business is all about relationship with that thought in mind i want to know what is it that you're doing right now to build into to improve and to make better your most significant relationships at home and what difference do those relationships make in your business. Oh, so, so pertinent. <laughs> like, are you watching me? <laughs> uh, so big reason why I keep telehealth and I didn't open a practice and office is exactly because what you are saying, relationships. And for me, uh, and this is something that I learned during COVID uh, in a painful way, I understand that my family needs me as much or more than my patients and that I cannot compromise that. My mom developed dementia when during COVID during the last the, the two years that I was here and she was in Peru. And when I visited her for the first time after COVID, uh, she was not able to recognize me anymore. Um, so I traveled to Peru every two or three months, uh, taking turns with my sister. We tried to be there as, as frequent as possible with, with my dad and my mom. Uh, provide them with support and with love. And telehealth is something that allows me to be the daughter that I want to be, to be available for any emergency. I can really practice from anywhere. Uh, And the same with my kids. My kids suffered tremendously during COVID. They were terrified of maybe being sick or dying because of COVID. I used to come and I was isolated in the house in one area. So I was not able to be with them for for almost a year. so that's also a good reason for me to be at home in my office. You see, this is my, my magic oh, place full of their pictures and their drawings. And, and that's the reason. I cannot offer to others. And what you say is so important. And I want to say it again. I cannot give love or care to others if I am not taking care of my people and myself. And I need to cultivate my own well-being, something that I learned recently, sadly. Nobody told me this in medical school. I need to cultivate my own well-being, the well-being of my family, to be able to offer well-being to others. You can't give what you don't have. 
Absolutely. No, doctors, it's, we try every day, but, right. but, but and, we explode. <laughs> and, and tied in closely with that, you can't lead people where you've never been. Absolutely. Absolutely. And today I can't talk with anyone that has been in a challenging position, especially of transitions and, and I'm feeling burnout. I have been burnout. Uh, I'm feeling guilty and I'm feeling that they need to make important changes in their life. Uh, I, I can't do it knowing that I am there. I, I am there. I have been there and I will continue being there, right? Because that's part of growing and that's part of living. If you are the same person that you were 20 years ago, uh, probably you were frozen all that time. <laughs> uh, it's impossible. Right. It's, uh, it's like I tell people all the time about relationships. They're either growing or they're dying. There is no stag stagnation is dying. No. So it's it's Absolutely. one or the other. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I asked you earlier, or actually, I didn't ask you, but you told us your definition of success. So I'm not going to ask about that. What would you say is your number one daily habit? If you can't uh, narrow it down to one, can you give me a top three? I mean, yeah, things no, that I, you do every single day that you have to do. I this is I, I have to do what I love doing. I put my kids on bed. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, that's that's something that happens every night. Is is a tradition and a song or a story at bed. I believe that is the moment where I have more connections with my kids. During the day, it's all crazy and all hyper and all, but those few minutes before bed are magical. Love that. What would you say makes a great leader? Self awareness. Hmm. If you know who you are, you know your gaps and you know your strengths. And you use them both in your favor, you will be able to lead with honesty and, and with transparency. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been asked that question before, and I, I have a list of things that to me fit in there for making a great leader. But right toward the top, it may actually be the top. It's serving others. And it's not even close. Yeah. The absolute top level elite leaders, they serve first and yes, foremost. Yes, they do. That, yes, I do. Uh, however, again, I, 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 um, I will contradict you a little because I have been a servant, right? I, I, I used to believe that I was a servant leader as a doctor, right? I was helping mm -hmm. and, and, and providing care to others. But when I was not being good with myself, when I was not able to identify that I was suffering or that I was burned out or whatever, mm -hmm. I was not being a good leader because I was not really giving my 100% to others. I was giving my exhausted, you know, <laughs> care, my exhausted okay. help to others. So okay. I changed that perspective, which I, I mean, if you will ask me a few years ago or months ago, I will probably answer the same. But right now I try to, change my perspective to recognize that we need to start leading ourselves so we can lead others. And, and um, it's very hard for me. Don't, don't take me wrong. I, I, in my heart, I am a servant leader, uh, but I need to change that so I can be a better version of myself, so I can be a better version of the leader that I want to be. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, realizing where our shortcomings are and then doing something about it. That's, that's huge. You know, again, going back to what leadership is and what that looks like, 
you know, the best leaders realize they're not the best at everything. They can't be. And so that's why you surround yourself with the best people that they fill your gaps 100 percent. And when you and when you're ready to move on to the next step, the next stage, whatever it is for you as a leader, the person who's going to be replacing you, if they can do your job 65 percent as well as you. Well, guess what? They can be trained the rest of the way, Absolutely. but you got to be willing to let that go. That's still part of that's serving them, because when you serve them directly by proxy, you're serving the people that they are going to serve. That's also recognizing some things in yourself. It's like, hey, I need to be growing and moving forward, and I can't do that staying right where I am. That's that self-awareness and knowing what you need to do to get better. And again, I believe that this the most difficult aspect of being a leader, right? Because it's the one that requires from you being honest to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and who likes to say, I don't know, or I am afraid. It's like, you know, again, going back to your vulnerability, but it's so important, right? Because remove tremendously the stress. The day that you recognize that you are not supposed to be perfect, that you can be surrounded by people, right? So. They help you to grow and you can grow all together. That's the day that you are more healthy and more happy uh, because you will be more like kinder with yourself. It's like why you have, we tend to be so mean, right? With ourselves. We are very kind with others. That a, a person does error X and you will be, that's not so bad. Don't worry. You will make it better next time. You do the same mm -hmm. X error and you are like, did I do that? Right? <laughs> so we need, we need to learn to be good leaders to ourselves, to give mm -hmm. ourselves good feedback, to, to, to be positive with ourselves, to be compassionate with ourselves. Because if not, we are destroying our own soul, our own energy, and our, mm -hmm. our own motivation. We cannot be our be best friend and our best enemy at the same time, right? <laughs> Valid, points. Valid points. Valid points. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Z, we're getting close to wrap up time here. But before we get there, if folks want to reach out to you, they want to find you, they want to get your book, where are the best places people can find you? So LinkedIn is my preference. You know, I love LinkedIn, so they can find me as Dr. C, actually. <laughs> LinkedIn. My website is www.virtualwellbeingmd.com. Uh, the book is on, at Amazon, but uh, I believe that they will find all the information in, in www.virtualwellbeingmd.com. Uh, and please reach out uh, if you have any questions and if there's any way I can support you or, or someone that you know, someone from your family, I, I'm here to serve. You know, folks, it's interesting that Dr. Z just said that. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I, have, I have posted a, a couple things recently about the challenges that my mom has been going through because my mom, as you guys know, I've talked about before, has cancer. Um, she's not doing particularly well right now. And the very first thing when we got on here, before we started recording, she asked me how my mom was doing and what she could do to help. So, I mean, that should give you guys a really good indication of who she is as a person first and next as a doctor. So Thank that told me everything I needed to know. Thank you so much for saying that. We need to remember that we are here in the world to, you know, hopefully to enjoy our lives, but we will have difficult times and that we need to support each other. Life is not a competition. Life is a, you know, teamwork. Right. It's a collaboration. Uh, 
it's collaboration. We go through life and we are successful and, and we feel better and we grow if we work together. And um, something that you say, I, I really appreciate. I rather people to recognize me as a good person than as a good doctor. I could not be a good doctor if I am not a good person. And thank you so much for saying that. I, I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. All right, Dr. Z, now that we know where to find you, and where to get your book. And I highly recommend folks picking up her book. Go to Amazon. We'll put a link in the show notes. It'll be very easy to find. You guys need to get her book. You need to get that. You need to digest it. In fact, I'm going to recommend even more. You guys know my policy. Every time I get a new book, I get how many copies? Two. Always two. Because when I buy books, I always buy one for me and one to give away. Always. Love it. Honestly, Dr. Z, it's, it's, that's something I, it took me forever to figure it out because it was like about five years ago, I, I was starting to get frustrated because I'm a very excitable reader, which means I talk a lot about the books I read. Well, that makes other people want to read the books and they would ask to borrow it, which I happily did. Well, I didn't always get them back. And that was what was frustrating to me. So I decided, you know what? I'm done being frustrated. I'm just going to buy more than one copy. And my whole intention with the other one is to give it away. That's so, so nice. Once I started doing that, oh, so much better. So much better. I, I have attachment to both. I, I mean, I suffer. I would probably have to do the same that you are doing because I suffer if I have to share my book. My book, like, I don't allow anybody to, even in my house, to touch it. Wow. Like, I, I, I have, I don't know. I'm, OCD situation with books. I love them. I don't want them to get you. No, know? I put them in in plastic bags before I put it in my in my. Wow. Bed. So maybe I'm getting yes. I I am not perfect. What can I tell? You? <laughs> well, it seems to me then that uh, hardcover books are probably better for you than uh, paperbacks. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting to our final four now. They're just four quick questions. Tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Are you ready? I'm super ready. Okay, here we go. Ready. All right. Here's question one. I think I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Why did God create Dr. Z? To help others. I'm so shocked by your answer. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't be sorry. I, I knew you were going to say something along those lines. Question two. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Oh, my gosh. My own bull. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> I love I love things that I learn from the people that I interview. Mm -hmm. So I am going through them again to just understand them better, uh, especially now that I am doing the translation to Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I am surprised because sometimes I'm reading this just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. It's like I, I wrote it, but oh, so I, I feel yeah. a new understanding of things now. Okay. Now, do you have audio versions of your book as well? No, yet. That's the next. That's the okay. next. Because well, there's going to be audio in English and audio in Spanish. In Spanish. Yeah, that's oh. the goal. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Okay. What do you do for fun? Uh, play Lego with my kids. <laughs> okay. All right. What are you most grateful for? My family. Your family. Last question, I promise. Here it is. Other than your book. If someone comes to you and asks for a book recommendation, what's your number one go-to book that you recommend to people? You are placing me in a hard position because of... <laughs> That's my job. Didn't you know that? 
Mandy, let me tell you, I just have all these books next to me, one of the other. I have the collections and I have more there. Oh, this, so I will miss this. I have all these amazing collections of books uh, from all my friends that uh, that wrote books with me in the program. And um, mm-hmm. I was part of many of them because or they interviewed me or they showed me uh, the, the paragraphs or the chapters before. Uh, I, you know what? I will make a list and I will share this list with you because I feel like uh, I have very talented friends and their books are okay. so amazing. Uh, yes, sure. I have like at least 10 next to me that I adore. Uh, I will share Love them it. with you. <laughs> Love it. Well, and, I will, and I will let you know um, the, the newest episode of my podcast that's coming out is where I make a big announcement. And my big announcement, since this will come out after that, this won't sound like a big announcement here. Um, <laughs> I've been saying for now seven years that I'm writing a book. There's a variety of reasons why it hasn't come out. Well, it's coming out. My book is going to be coming out at the end of October. So this will be a delivery, like a C-section or something. <laughs> it will be that the... Oh, yeah. the longest ever delivery you've seen so <laughs> congratulations let me tell you probably one of the best experiences of my life uh you know if i separate having my kids oh yeah uh, the book is uh, well it's like having a kid from everybody that i know who's written books it's a, it's just like that oh my goodness it's so yes and and the the funny part is that when you have a kid, you you I mean you don't intervene too much in the process, right? You 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 just cross your fingers that your kid will be happy, healthy, and and you know and will grow and uh, like in your belly, right? Uh, appropriately during this nine months period, when you are writing a book, you are intentional. I mean, you kind of select the color and the size and the personality. You, you really, you are intentional. This is a baby that you create with your heart, with your mind, with dreams, right? Uh, yeah. This is really part of you. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about my second book already. So, oh, I've, I'm I've got to... at least three more up here. At least three oh, more. So cool. Yes. Uh, but I am setting priorities right now. That does. To translate it to Spanish so the community, the Spanish community mm-hmm. has access to wonderful information. Again, the people that I interview, they are amazing. I want to share their mm-hmm. knowledge and their wisdom. Uh, and my clinic, my clinic needs to, to start flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, those all sound fantastic. So Dr. Z, I wanted to say thank you so much for your time today. It means the world to me that you invested some of that in me and in us for those of us who are going to hear and see this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kindness. Thank you so much for being so transparent and vulnerable and and for caring. I believe that we need more people like you and, and we need more spaces to share kindness and to share dreams and to, you know, to motivate others. Uh, kindness is the best treatment for many malatiers and and, and you are allowing me today to share kindness and you are doing it every day. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in today because you have given me your most precious resource and that's your time. I realize it's not renewable, which means you can't get it back. And that means the world to me. 
So I appreciate your investment of your time. Thank you so much for being here. And we're going to talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.